welcome to Fleet Die Hard, the only independent podcast from an independent supporter for my favourite club, Ebbsfleet United. Um, first of all, let me apologise if I sound a bit ropey today. Um, the reason for this is uh, I've finally succumbed after three years of avoiding the dreaded COVID uh, bug virus. Uh, I I succumbed to it last week. Uh, I, had, I had a weekend away in Poland, a very enjoyable and interesting weekend away uh, visiting Auschwitz and uh, Schindler's factory and uh, so on. Uh, but came back, I developed a sore throat actually while I was out there on just on day one, so I suspect I, I possibly had already picked up the virus before I went out there. Um, got home, didn't feel great. Uh, the following day after I got home on Tuesday last week, tested myself and, of course, got the dreaded COVID. So I was uh, banished to the bedroom by my wife so that I didn't infect the rest of the house. And um, here I've been ever since, and, it, and I'm still here now. And I've got to say, uh, even though I've been fully vaccinated as a shielder, uh, it's totally knocked me for six. Uh, it's far worse than I thought. It was. I dread to think what it would have been like if I hadn't been vac- vaccinated. But uh, there you go. Hopefully I'm on the mend now. Um, I, I still tested positive again today. So uh, I, I guess I've got at least at least another 24, if not 48 hours here in this, uh, in this bedroom. Um, so I'm not sure whether I'm going to make it to Woking even on Tuesday, but we'll see. So subsequent, consequently... Didn't get to see the game yesterday against. See, um, my brain's frazzled with this COVID. Uh, so yesterday we played Chesterfield, and I didn't get to see the game. And uh, it's what I really wanted to see because obviously Chesterfield are one of the uh, promotion favourites for the season. So this would have been a real game uh, which would have been a good uh, marker for us and a barometer to uh, to see where we're at this season. We're nearly, nearly a quarter of a way through the season as well. So taking all that together, it was the perfect game that we could have looked at the performance, looked at the result, looked at our league standings, where we are currently and said, you know, yeah, we're doing all right. This is where we want to be or we need to do a bit better than this, or, or whatever. But it certainly was a good gauge for us to uh, analyse our performances and our league position uh, so far this season, as I say, as we approach almost a quarter of the way through the season. Uh, nine ga- Is it nine games in? So, you know, another <coughs> another three or four games will we'll be, we'll be a quarter of the way through the season. But I didn't get there. I didn't get to see it. Um, I did manage to listen to uh, Chaz on on the BBC Sport website to Ch- Ch- Charles Charles Webster's commentary. Uh, gotta say, it didn't sound great. Somebody actually commented on social media that why why does Chaz always have such a downer on our team and big up the. Uh, the opposing teams, which I don't, uh, I don't necessarily agree with that. Uh, I think what he did do yesterday 
was called it how he saw it, from from what I can gather, and certainly from going on the uh, on the infamous forum and social media, and even listening to Dennis Kutrib's interview and Hollis, I think it was Hollis I saw interviewed as well. Uh, the take I can get on this from listening to the commentary as well is that had it not been for our goalkeeper Cousins we could have lost by a fairly convincing amount of goals Uh, I certainly heard Webster Charles Webster uh, shouting what a save great save blah blah on at least four or five occasions so that tells me that you know, goalkeepers. By the way, you know they're 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 a strange bunch, aren't they? They're cons- they're like the drummer of the band. They're like the uh, the mad the mad hatter in in the group, uh, the unpredictable one. But uh, arguably, have got the most responsible uh, and unthankful and uh, re- yeah, responsible job of all players in a football football team because you're the last man and your one mistake will likely cost you a goal whereas anywhere else on the pitch any 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 forward any midfielder any defender they can make a mistake and it might not necessarily result in a goal um or conceding a goal should i say um, where you know, and you are the last line of defence as well. So if it gets past you, it doesn't matter if it gets past the front man or the middle man or the defender. Once it gets to you, if it gets past you, it's going one way, and that's in the back of the net. So you know, I think we should praise all of our goalkeepers a little bit more. Uh, I'm guilty of it as well. We 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 moan about certain goalkeepers. Oh, he's not very good. You know, I prefer so. But any one of our goalkeepers that we've had through, you know, f- f- any any period should be given the highest praise, I think. A very underrated and underestimated job. So, big shout-out yesterday for Cousins. Um, did a sterling job, from what I can... <coughs> excuse me. Um, from what I can gather. Uh but to no avail, because eventually we succumbed to a solitary goal from Chesterfield. Um, and they walked off with the spoils and subsequently ended up, uh, they are now currently sitting top of the table, top of the tree, number one position in the National League. Uh, and I think we're now down to ninth, if I, my memory serves me correctly. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure on that, to be honest. I haven't... Uh, I did look last night, but I haven't looked today to see what the uh, the, the league positions are. But even so, um, so let's just look at look before we, we analyse the. Well, no, actually, no. Let's analyse a few couple of bits first. As I say, I wasn't there to watch the game, so I can't give you a um, a balanced opinion on how we played. I can only tell you on what I've heard, what I've read. Um, and what I've been told. But what I can do is give you my opinion or my my concerns about 
couple of things that trouble me, particularly at this level. When we've got players like uh, Clifford, for example, who for me has been a really good player so far this season when he's played, either when he comes on as a sub or when he starts a game, he, for me, has been one of our key players. When you've got players like Edsa, Domi and Chapman, all assigned to the bench after being praised the previous week by our manager, I just don't understand Dennis's, uh, Dennis's thought pattern. He, he is a bit of a tinkerer. He tinkers with the team, for my liking, a little bit too much. Rather than... I do understand we've got a big game coming up on Tuesday. So perhaps that's one of the reasons that he's done that he did it on Saturday is that um, he wanted to save these particular players for Tuesday's game. But at what cost, you might ask? Isn't it best to play your best starting 11 every time, if you can? And please don't give me the old crap about, oh, no, you can't expect players to play on a Saturday and on a Tuesday. Why not? It's three days away between games. If you can't get enough rest in three days between games, then you sh- you, you, you're not an athlete and you shouldn't be playing the, playing the sport. Uh, in my opinion, um, we need to man up a little bit, I would say. But anyway, that's the world we live in, and I suspect that that is possibly the reason why Clifford didn't play. Um, yeah, team selection for me is 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 uh, week in week out. I get surprised by certain players being either picked or dropped without going through the whole squad, and it wouldn't be fair to do that. Uh, but it does surprise me, and. Who are we? We're all armchair managers, aren't we? What do we know? And Dennis is the uh, is the key. He makes the decisions, uh, providing we get the results, and providing you know we're not losing points because of those decisions. Clearly, then we can't really moan. But the other thing that troubles me, where you can direct a line of criticism towards Dennis. And I'm going to, because as I say, this this is my independent view from an independent supporter. So if anybody from the club is listening to this and thinks I'm out of order for criticising our manager, I make no apologies. And my criticism is this. Our manager should, number one, be setting an example to the players in terms of behaviour, discipline and attitude. Now, I believe this is the second time this season already, we're only nine games in, 
where he's been um, forced to watch the game away from pitch side because of uh, culmination of yellow cards. He clearly has not got a great disciplinary record for a manager. Now, he may be fully justified in his frustrations with refereeing decisions, official decisions, uh, the feeling that other, the opposition players might be getting the, the, the rub of the green in terms of, uh, of decisions by the referee. He doesn't need to be voicing those opinions so forcefully, I would say. I don't know if that's the reason why he's got the yellows, but I'm assuming that's what it is. Um, because my concern is that if this keeps happening, A, he's probably going to end up with worse penalties going forward as a persistent offender. But B, when he's not pitch side how can you possibly manage the game effectively how can you possibly that's the whole reason they have a bench you have a bench and a a technical area for the manager to come forward and to speak to shout instructions and to pass instructions onto the team I know he can probably communicate with whoever he was in you know was in charge down below Yesterday, but it's not the same. And at some point, if it didn't happen already, at some point, that's going to cost us points. And that is not acceptable. And as a, as a fan, it concerns me. So I'm hoping that as a club, they will speak to Dennis and they will say, Dennis, you need to rein it in. We share your frustrations. We all get frustrated. The fans get frustrated. There was an incident last week, I hear, whilst we were playing away to Wilston, where one of our more boisterous supporters got a little bit agitated over the actions of one of the... um, At the end of the match, I believe it was. I'm not sure it wasn't there. Um, As I say, I was in Poland. But I believe it was at the end of the match when one of the opposing... Players, I don't know, goaded, shall we say, the fleet uh, section of supporters, which A, is bang out of order, B, should have been, um, he should have been managed by his team captain and and his colleagues and pulled away from the area because it is inciting, it could incite, and it very nearly did. And we had a fan who got a little bit overzealous, I think, with wanting to make his point back to the player and the stewards uh, had a word with him and uh, sort of took him away from the situation, but then he was allowed back in later on. Now, it's more understandable from a supporter to do that. We're supporters, we pay our money. We're not professionals, we pay our money to watch the game and to vent. Football has always been a working-class sport, 
obviously not anymore, not at uh, not at Premiership level. You need to be a millionaire. But at, at this level, at grassroots level, at non-league level, it's still pretty much a working class sport. And, um, you know, you're going to find uh, on the terraces, you're going to find colourful language. You're going to find wit and humour. You're going to find tempers frayed. You're going to find... Uh, let's call it choice behaviour sometimes by certain sections of, of both sets of fans um, and it's part and parcel of the game and it's, it has to be providing it doesn't cross the line um, you know and become racial or causing distress or anything like that to people then you know I think we just need to suck that up and enjoy it that Rule doesn't apply to the to the team manager. The team manager is there on a on a professional capacity, and surely the team manager just needs to. Maybe it's different in Germany. I don't know, but for me, the team manager, of course, he can voice his frustrations after the match. Even then, you have to be careful what you say. Uh, because you can get, you know, you can get sanctioned for um, bringing the game into disrepute or whatever. Uh, but you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat. And if you feel that you decisions haven't gone your way, or if you feel that uh, it was very poor officiating, you don't need to be shouting it in, shouting it directly to the officials at the time. Um, I understand. I understand why you do. But, you know, if at the end of the day it becomes a regular thing and starts costing us points, then we need, as a club, to manage that situation. That's all, that's all I'm saying. doesn't take away my, my views that I believe Dennis is a, a fantastic manager, by the way. Um, I think he's done a great job in the uh, two or three years that he's been here. Um, look where we are. So I'm not going to, you know, over-push the point. So let's have a little analysis of... <coughs> Excuse me. Let's have a little analysis of where we're at. As I say, I think it leaves us in ninth position. Nine games in. And uh, it puts Chesterfield at the top. So first of all, we played yesterday one of the favourites, one of the strongest teams in the league, one of the favourites to be promoted and to win the league, and we lost by a solitary goal. Even though they could have scored more, they didn't score more because we defended well. When I say we defended well, the goalkeeper is part of the defence team. And even if it came down to just one player, each player's there to do a job. And it means that that one player did his job perfect, perfectly. We didn't score because our forward line didn't do their job perfectly. They weren't able to. Um... Now, that could be down to a number of reasons, couldn't it? It could be down to team choice, to, to player selection. Uh, it could be down to the fact that 
Chesterfield were that good that they were they easily or comfortably managed to suppress any attacks that we we had. I would have liked to have thought that we would have played a more from, from what I could gather we played quite a a somber cautious game yesterday. Uh with not a lot of attacking. I think I heard Charles Webster when he was interviewing Dennis Kutrieb say Chesterfield had 18 shots on goal and we had three. There it lies a story, doesn't it? That tells the tale of the tape. Uh, at a home game, you would always expect your home team to be having more shots on goal than the away team. So either they were that good and we just literally went out to play damage limitation, let's go for the draw. And I really hope that wasn't the case because it doesn't matter who you're playing, when you're playing at home, you should always be going for the win. Always be going for the win. Or it means, well, actually, we did go and play for the win. They were just better than us. And if that's the case, I take my hat off to Chesterfield. I suspect it's the uh, former rather than the latter. But I don't know. I'm sure I will be corrected. But the bottom line is this. We only lost by one goal to the title favourites this season. We're currently sitting ninth position, having lost three three games, is it, now or four? Um, and drawn none, by the way. So it's all or nothing with us, win or lose, as we know so far this season. Yesterday broke the uh, broke the pattern of the win loss, win loss, win loss. Because I think it would win loss, win loss, win loss, win, loss, loss. So um, we need two wins on the bounce now to put that uh, equilibrium back in, into play. And uh, that brings us... So my point is, by the way, is that um, I think at this stage in the season, I'm quite happy with where we're at. And I believe that... In fact, I believe it's slightly flattering to us, if I'm honest. But I believe that there or thereabouts is probably where we're going to end up at the end of the season. I suspect we'll be a little bit lower. I suspect we'll be in the bottom half. Um, but safe comfortably safe and as I said at the beginning of the season or at the end of last season uh, if that's how it pans out at the end of this season I for one will take that definitely for our first season back in the National League and we can build on that but we've got a long long way to go yet so let's not uh, let's not start looking at that let's look forward uh, uh, to Tuesday away to Woking another big game for the fleet uh, Woking are also, I believe, going to be up there somewhere, um, pushing for playoff positions. Absolutely. So again, it's a it's a good test 
for Fleet. We're very familiar with Woking. We've played them lots and lots of times. I've been there several times. Um, I do plan to go on Tuesday, providing, as I say, providing I'm clear of this bloody COVID. Um, although it seems to be dragging out because the red line on my test was just as heavy and just as thick, if not thicker today, than it was even yesterday. So anyway, Tuesday, Woking, three points. I'm expecting the likes of uh, Clifford to play, along with uh, Domi, Edsa. Um, I don't know whether McQueen, did McQueen play? I don't know whether McQueen played yesterday. Um, if he didn't, then I'm hoping he'll play on Tuesday as well. Um, it gives us a far more attacking feel. Uh, one of one of my friends, a fellow Fleet supporter, an ex-Fleet player, Dave Harris, I'm sure you, you all know who he is, um, played, I think he played, I don't know, three games? No, maybe more, I'm not sure. He played a few games for, for the Fleet way, way back in the day uh, um, as a goalie. Um, but he's a, he's a Fleet fan through and through. And I saw he posted uh, on social media earlier today that, and I, I'm, I'm going to repeat what he put because I totally agree with it, that uh, we've got a great, when we go forward, we've got a very good attacking team. We've got some great names going forward. So this team selection seemed, you know, why, why, why aren't we using that combination of players and that tactic? Uh, I, I just believe it was, a, it was a cautionary thing. We were a little bit naively scared of Chesterfield. Because if you're going to lose 1-0, you may as well lose 10-0, to be honest. Um, bite the bullet, be brave and, and go for the win. And uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll do that on Tuesday. I don't think we will, though, because we're away and we'll probably be trying to get the point away. I don't know. Anyway, that's all from me. Uh, I've, I've, I could waffle on for hours, but I don't feel great, to be honest. So I'm going to um, wish you all well. If I don't get to the game on Tuesday, as I always say this now, please, guys, sing loud, bring back the three points and... Uh, Keep me updated. Um, subscribe to my podcast. Follow me on Twitter, uh, Fleet Diehard, and um, comment on there. You can comment if you're listening to this podcast on Spotify. I believe there's an option to you. Can, you can comment on on it there if you've got any questions or queries or anything you want to raise or points you want to make. Do it there. As I say, you can do it on Facebook. You can send me a messenger. You can send me an email, you can phone me up, you can send me a, a pigeon if you like, I don't mind. Um, anyway, just I'd just like to know you enjoy these podcasts, and I'd like to know what your views are, whether they're, they're, they're the same as mine. Uh, that's it, that's it, I'm out of here, there's nothing more from me. I'm going to go back to sleep and take some more uh, um, paracetamol. Up the fleet. <laughs>